0: Welcome to Pinewoods Chapel. We're glad you're here. Here's Pastor Chris Atkinson. Hello, my name is Chris Atkinson. I'm the Pastor of Pinewoods Chapel, and I'd like to welcome you to our journey with Jesus this year as we explore on our church property the story of Jesus that leads us up to the resurrection of Jesus, where we get to celebrate this Easter. So come along with me, and I'm going to take you on this amazing tour and journey with Jesus. Before Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph, his parents, journeyed to Bethlehem to be counted in the census. Because it was so crowded, there was no place for them had, Mary, in the inn. And Mary went into labor, and when Jesus was born, she wrapped him up in this manger that's to the right of me and laid him in this manger they were probably bunking with livestock because of the lack of accommodations god sent his angels to share the news of jesus's birth with the shepherds that were in the fields just outside of town they lit up the sky and told a shocked group of shepherds to look for the baby that was wrapped up in this lying manger the shepherds knew that this was a big deal and they went to find him right away Sure enough, they found him, right where the angels had said he would be. What a fascinating mashup of experience. A sky full of brilliant, beautiful angels directing a group of salt of the earth shepherds to see a baby in a feeding trough that was the Messiah, the king of the Jewish people. If you were one of the angels, what of your reaction would have been? are at our next stop in this journey with Jesus. And we come across the scene where Jesus meets this woman at the well. And one day Jesus was sitting at a well in Samaria. And traditionally his cultural group, the Jews, didn't even mix with Samaritans. And a Samaritan woman came to draw water from the well. And he asked her if if she could draw water for him to drink. She was shocked. That he would even speak to her since she was Samaritan and he was Jewish. He told her that he knew who she really was and that she would be asking him for a drink and he would give her living water that would actually never run out. The woman asked him for this kind of water and he told her to get her husband and then he would tell them both. And she... Jesus that she didn't have a husband and was surprised when Jesus actually agreed and told her all about her relationship that she was currently in and her past relationships too they discussed what worship is and where salvation comes from and she became convinced that this was the Messiah that they had been waiting so long for she couldn't contain herself and she ran to tell everyone in the town who she had been talking to, and many of them realized that Jesus is the Messiah, and they committed themselves to following him. The woman in Samaria was carrying some baggage, guilt and shame from the choices she had made through her life. We actually all carry baggage and burdens of sin in our lives, making wrong choices that go against how God says we should live our lives. We've all done things that would qualify as sin. And each of us need a Messiah, a deliverer, to save us from sin that has broken our relationship with God. At this station, as we go on this journey, you'll find a rock on the ground. This rock symbolizes the baggage that all of us carry, and it's a reminder of the sin that we carry. And as you journey along, just carry this rock with you. Because we are going to get rid of our baggage. Jesus was an amazing teacher. And he handpicked a group of people to travel with him. We usually refer to them as his disciples. And one day while he was out walking along the beach, he saw Andrew and Simon fishing with nets. And he said to them, follow me. And they dropped what they were doing and followed him. Somehow they knew that what they were about to embark on was an adventure that would be worth leaving their jobs behind. Another time, he was walking along a town and he saw Matthew doing his job as a, a tax collector. And he was collecting taxes from people. And he told Matthew to come with him. So Matthew left his work, he abandoned everything, and he followed Jesus. Jesus called others to follow him as well, and they did, following in obedience to God, even though they don't know how it would even turn out. Are you an impulsive person, or are you a planner? What would your response be if you had been sitting at the table with Matthew, and Jesus had said to you, follow me? Let's keep going on this journey with Jesus. One day, Jesus did an amazing miracle by feeding over 5,000 people with just a few loaves and fishes. He supernaturally multiplied the food so that it would feed so many people. The next day, those same people came looking for him. And they actually got into boats and chased him across the lake. When they caught up with him, he knew that they just wanted him to give them more bread. He knew they needed something much more important than just physical nourishment. They needed spiritual nourishment. He said to them that his is the bread of life and if they chose to follow him, they would have everything they needed to satisfy the hunger in their souls and they'd live forever after this life. Jesus said he was here to do what god wants which is restore the relationship between us and him but not against our will he already has chosen us we just need to choose him in return what would you have done would you have chosen to follow jesus after seeing him do such marvelous things would you have chased him across the lake or would have you been skeptical and waited to see how it all played out. Thank you so much for continuing to journey with us on this journey of Jesus. One time, Jesus was walking in a town with his disciples, and they saw this blind man, and they asked Jesus, Who sinned? this man or his parents, to cause him to be born blind. Jesus told them that was the wrong question to ask. The question shouldn't be, why should this have happened? But more importantly, how will we see God work in this situation? And Jesus did something completely unexpected. He made some mud and he took it in his hand. He took this dirt and then he in it. And he made this mud and rubbed it on the eyes of the man that was blind. And he told the man to go wash his eyes in the pool nearby. And when the man did, he could suddenly see and his eyes were healed and he could see perfectly. All the town people around were questioning the man, especially the religious leaders. They could not believe what had happened. And they didn't believe. That this man could be healed even though they had known him for so long and being blind they even suggested that he might have a look-alike and after they questioned him and even his parents the man decided to follow Jesus wholeheartedly the doubts of the town people and the religious leaders were enough to distract weren't enough to distract him from following Jesus What's keeping you from following Jesus wholeheartedly? The opinions of others? Maybe you've got some questions or doubtful things that are in your mind. Or maybe it's been some snide remarks from friends or acquaintances. Let's not choose to be hesitational. But let us fully consider to follow Jesus with our whole heart. we've been journeying with Jesus, we now arrive at Palm Sunday. By now, many people have heard about the wonderful things that Jesus was doing and teaching. They heard that he was coming to Jerusalem and gathering to greet him. They spread palm branches and cloaks on the pathway as to create this kind of red carpet that we would roll out for a celebrity or an important official. Jesus came to the town riding on a donkey and the people crowded around him and shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means please save us. And blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. While they were excited and happy to see him and follow him into town, they made such a big deal about it that everyone else in the town wanted to know who he was. This excitement and joy that we celebrate on Palm Sunday. Sometimes we even wave palm branches in the air like we would imagine have taken place back then. The support of the people didn't last long though and we'll soon see. Come on with me as we journey with Jesus. Jesus used a lot of word pictures and analogies to help people around him understand the things that he was teaching them he compared himself to a vine with his followers being the branches as the vine he pointed out that he is the source We're connected to him they wouldn't have what they need to survive if they weren't connected to him if a branch is cut off from the vine It doesn't take long for it to dry out and die. It's only good for firewood after that. But if it stays connected to the vine, it continues to grow stronger and even produce fruit. The stronger the connection to the vine, the bigger and more plentiful the fruit will be. The fruit is evidence of the sustaining nourishment that travels from the vine through the branch. Jesus used this analogy to drive home the point that we need to follow him, to have what we need for spiritual survival. Without him, we have no hope for eternal life in heaven. Do you ever think about what will happen after you die? It can be scary to think about what will happen in the next life. But for those of us who believe in Jesus, we can look forward to eternal life with him. Would you consider yourself to be a branch that's connected to the vine that is Jesus? One night, Jesus took a few of his disciples into the woods to spend some time in prayer. And he was really troubled and went off on his own to pray. He checked in on his disciples a few times and every time he did, they weren't praying. They kept falling asleep. Then finally, he woke them up just in time to say that his betrayer was there. Can you imagine the disciples walking, waking up to to find themselves under attack? They were suddenly surrounded by this mob of clubs and spears and swords sent there by the religious leaders. And then one of Jesus' very own disciples Judas kissed him on the cheek. That was the sign that Judas had prearranged so that they would know who to arrest. They grabbed Jesus and arrested him. And the disciples with Jesus were angry and they leapt into action. One of them grabbed the sword and cut off the ear of one of them. But Jesus stopped them and reminded them that if he wanted to stop what was happening, he could. Jesus knew that a friend would betray him, and that he would be arrested and tried as a criminal, even though he was innocent. Jesus was born to be the deliverer, the savior, and to give his life for all of us sinful humans. By taking the punishment for sin we should have received, he opened the way for us to receive forgiveness from God and restore our relationship with him. He did it knowing full well that not everyone would accept God's forgiveness. And that is really love. That's why he allowed those people to arrest him because of his incredible love for you and for me. As we have been traveling along this journey with Jesus, we now come to the place where Jesus is killed. After they arrested Jesus, they subject him to a made-up trial where he was tortured and subject to ridicule. The people that he had fed, healed, and taught just days before and who had celebrated him as the Messiah were now against him, calling for his death. They eventually crucified him, which is barbaric and an inhumane way of killing criminals. In fact, there were two other men being crucified that day, but they were actually criminals and had evidence against them. Jesus did not. One of those criminals made fun of Jesus and didn't believe him. The other realized that Jesus is the Savior, the Son of God, and actually asked Jesus to forgive him right there while they were dying. Jesus did and promised the criminal eternal life. After a horrendous amount of suffering and pain and rejection by God, Jesus died. Jesus was innocent and had never sinned, not even once, and yet he died taking our place and receiving what we should have had to endure. all sinned by doing things that are contrary to god's law even if we think we're pretty good people none of us are perfect in the bible in james 2 verse 10 it says that even if we've been absolutely perfect our entire lives but slipped up just once we're guilty of breaking god's law that's what has broken our relationship with god and has destined us for eternal punishment away from God. God doesn't want anyone to be punished because he's loving and merciful. But he's also fair and just because he is so full of justice, someone needed to pay for the wrongdoing, the sin, all of us have done. Enter Jesus. Prophets said he would come and even give specific details about him, his birth, his life, and his death. And he fulfilled every prophecy and proved himself to be the Messiah, the perfect man who was also God at the same time. He sacrificed himself, and in doing so, he took the punishment of our sin, even though he had never once sinned. Remember that rock that you picked up earlier? Place the rock that you've been carrying at the base of the cross. Rocks are a reminder of the sin that we all carry around us. We can choose to keep carrying them or ask God to forgive us and remove our sin because Jesus already took our punishment. So we can either choose to believe and be saved or not. What's your choice? My choice is to take my rock, my sin, and lay it at the foot of the cross. After Jesus died on Friday, they took his body down from the cross and put it in a tomb. Early Sunday morning, some of Jesus' followers, Mary, and some of the other women came to care for the corpse as they normally did in that time. But when they arrived, the stone that had been covering the entrance to the tomb had been rolled away. Looking at the stones, they were pretty big but the one sealing Jesus's tomb was much bigger. It would have taken a great deal of strength to move it. Mary and the others went inside the tomb and instead of a body they saw two other worldly men who had a brilliant appearance. The women were completely shocked and weren't sure what to do. The men asked them why they were looking for Jesus. When he was actually alive in fact they had told them that he would die and come back to life three days later they all just thought he was speaking metaphorically turns out he was speaking truth the women told the other disciples and followers and of course they didn't believe them either but when they had Taking a look for themselves, they discovered that it was true. The tomb was empty. The empty tomb is one thing. Anyone can move a dead body. But how do we know that Jesus actually came back to life? Well, after his resurrection, the Bible tells us that Jesus talked with Mary and on several occasions with other disciples and even a group of 500 people at once. Jesus came back to life demonstrate his power and that he had conquered death because of him we can also be freed from the consequences of our own sinfulness this is why Easter is celebrated and this is why Pinewoods Chapel actually exists if you are interested in learning more about what faith in Jesus is all about you can contact our church you can go to our website at pinewoodschapel.com and we would be glad to connect with you and talk to you more about Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us this Easter as we travel through this journey with Jesus, fully understanding and comprehending what he has done for us through his resurrection. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to support the ministry of Pinewoods Chapel, please visit pinewoodschapel.com and click give. Have a great week.